Welcome to Vino 101, episode 26, Beverage Grades. Welcome, wine lovers. I'm Bill. Hey, and I'm Al. So today we're uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're actually going to talk to a company called Wine Grades. We're going to talk to the COO of that company. Beverage Grades. Beverage Bill. Grades. Boy, I keep calling Wine Grades. I got that in my head. Beverage okay. Grades. Yeah, we're yeah. talking with the COO, Kevin Burns. Kevin Burns. And so. he's going to help us uh, learn a little bit about what's in our wine. Yeah, and uh, um, I think you guys will find this fascinating. I certainly did. Um, you know, the basic premise of the uh, of this company is, is they're – they're doing nutritional analysis on the stuff that we drink, specifically alcohol, and they started with wine. Um, I learned a bunch of stuff. I had no idea in terms of some of the stuff that's going into our wine. It's pretty enlightening. Yeah, when you look on a label, what you see is you see the alcohol content, and you see it contains sulfites, and I'm looking at a bottle of Gigandas I had last night, and that's all I really know about it. Um, hopefully, we'll all learn a little something from uh, Kevin and talking about his company and the I found uh, all the information that he presented extremely fascinating, and I hope that uh, our listeners do too. So uh, sit back and uh, enjoy and get educated. Yeah, crack crack some wine, and, and this podcast will go down a little bit smoother. As always. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Al. And this is Bill. Welcome to Vino 101. We're actually doing an interview today, and we're here with... We're here with Kevin Byrne, who is the Chief Operating Officer for Beverage Grades. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Al. Great to be here. Thanks for joining us on a, on a Sunday. It's always, uh, well, you, and, and probably in your environment, you're working 24-7. So. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. This actually is convenient for me. And yep. Anne, I've got a one-and-a-half-year-old at home with her mom, so uh, we're all good. Great. Fantastic. Great. So um, why, don't you, why don't we start off a little bit? Why don't you just give us a quick overview about about what the company's about and what you guys do? You know, so – and I looked at your website, which uh, I was very impressed by. And, and you know, we have a similar um, methodology in the fact that uh, your goal is to demystify wine and our goal is really to do the same. And, uh, you know, we got started – uh, beverage grades got started back in around November of, of uh, 2012. Um, the CEO of our company is a, his name is also Kevin Kevin Hicks, and uh, he has the largest um, independent uh, wine and liquor distribution business in the state of Colorado, private, and uh, he also produces his own private brands. And I've worked with Kevin Hicks um, in my healthcare background that, that dates back to the early 90s. And uh, Kevin and I uh, sat, sat down in November and we're talking about, you know, the wine business and what was going on. And, uh, and he began to, you know, really enlighten me into, you know, the practices that went on in, in, in sort of the, the making of wine. And, you know, not to take the romance out of wine, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's a commercial business it's uh you know the top seven conglomerates represent about 85 percent of what's produced and uh and knowing the things that they put into wine like juice concentrate and things like mega purple and mega red you know, in order to to make it you know a deeper red or or to make it uh a, a sort of a beefier looking, bolder looking uh, wine and all these things. And, and the fact that it's just, there's no, 
you know, regulation except for by the TTB, which is part of the ATF, which is the Alcohol Tobacco Firearms, you know, and they're really just interested in the alcohol percent and whether or not it contains sulfites, and that's it. And so, you know, with that, we decided that it would be interesting to uh, – to, to lab test wines and uh, and look at you know what's present in wines and uh, we started out we were going to go after and look at the uh, you know talk to different commercial labs and team up with them or something uh, the price to uh, just test for you know just the things that you see on a label like sugar calories fat vitamins etc you know is anywhere between six hundred and over eight hundred dollars a bottle to test and so wow. immediately we said we need to start a commercial lab. So we hired a, a PhD in chemistry. Um, and, uh, and we got, uh, four people in the lab. We've got, uh, eight different instruments that test for well over a hundred different, uh, chemical analytes. Um, and so here we are today, we, we, we launched, you know, late December and now we've got, you know, white wines and we've got red wines, um, close to 900 wines on our website. Gotcha. And it, did it, so? Are you are you and uh, the other Kevin the founders of the company? Then we are. Yes. Yeah. And are you guys venture back? Do you guys have you are you sort of the, you know as we we read about you know Silicon Valley startup? Are you sort of that in that moniker? I you know, we know you're not in Silicon Valley. You guys are based out of Denver, right? We are based out of Denver. Uh, currently, we're we're 100 self funded. Um, which has its positives and its negatives. Uh, you know, you got to make your own decisions. And uh, but um, you know, we've spent well over a million dollars um, to date. You know, building this lab and and you know, cranking out the information. And uh, you know, at some point, you know, we'll probably begin to look at and, and we've started down this road, which is uh, looking at either private equity or VC type of uh, uh, partnerships. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you have a number in mind of what you're looking for in financing? I'm just curious more than anything else. You know, um, we don't. I mean, it would be you know upwards of of uh, ten million dollars in in VC money, and you know, I mean, from a from a venture standpoint, um, most of your VC private equity firms, you know, wouldn't be interested if it were you know much less than that anyway. Yeah, and are you guys? So, what's your business model around the? Um, around beverage grades, are you guys going to charge for access to data, or, or yeah, you know, like, right now because of the fact that we've got a lot of coming soon on our website uh, with an allergen grade, we've got beers that'll be coming, uh, you know, sometime probably in, in late March or so. Um, spirits to follow, um, you know, everything is free, and um, so one of our our business models is the uh, the. Uh, internet advertising model and just driving, you know, literally going after millions of users um, that, that would come to our website. Um, but we're also looking too at uh, at a subscription based model, and uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of uh, you know finding out and getting feedback from our users. Um, you know, they love. There's sort of two aspects to beverage grades. One is really all about the health ratings of, of uh, wines. And the other is about the copycat wine ratings, which really takes the subjective nature out of uh, rating wines and, and rates wines based on um, their chemical composition for different tastes and aroma compounds. And then, you know, compares them side by side against all the different wines. And then, 
instead of you know looking at 91 points or 92 points for this line, it would be that you know looking at all the different looking at the taste profile and if they're equivalent, then you know and you start at 100 percent, you know one minus if everything is is equal. One minus zero is is one, which is 100% identical, and we think that there's you know we've gotten a lot of great feedback from our from our users today that uh, that they just absolutely love that. So we we could potentially have a model that would be the health you know because we really feel that's important to provide to the to the uh, to the public. The health could be free, and eventually the copycat would be a subscription based model. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So, Kevin, um, moving on and getting away from the nuts and bolts, which you can see Bill is obviously very interested in. Um, yeah, I am. Back. How do you decide which wines to test? So, a couple different ways. Right now, we look at it, and we've got uh, there's Nielsen, and there's another big company called IRI, and we purchased uh, databases, um, and we rank the wines based on top selling wines based on uh, dollar value. Um, and we then go and, and, uh, purchase each of those wines, um, uh, based upon how they rank in, in that IRI database, which is a database that's, you know, a compilation of all of the, uh, sales data from grocery stores, retail stores, convenience stores, et cetera. Um, and so that way we keep it, you know, somewhat, uh, scientific in, in terms of how we select, um, you know, once we've, and that's for the top, you know, 1,250 wines, which is going to be sort of the 80-20 rule. It's going to be at least 80% of what people consume in the United States. Um, and then what we're looking at is being able to, you know, fill in different gaps um, in terms of varietals that people are interested in, as well as, you know, again, copycat is, is a very interesting category and product for people that, um, you know, they're going out and finding a lot of wines that will fit into the, the various varietals in order to provide a really good copycat experience is, uh, is sort of the next step. Okay, so you're saying um, with this copycat feature, if let's say I have uh, ABC wine and it costs me $50, I really, really like that wine, but obviously I can't consume a $50 wine on a regular basis. I'd like something that would fit that profile. It, does copycat allow the consumer to do that? You know, it, it doesn't allow the consumer to do that yet. Um, right right now what it does is uh, is provides a, a, a score uh, on, a, on a percentage basis from 1 to 99 plus percent. We don't go to 100% for, you know, for a lot of legal reasons. But uh, um, so what you do is, you know, for example, you type in, ABC wine, and then it will pull up right now the top, you know, if there are copycats, you'll see on our website there are certain that don't certain wines that don't have copycats, the ones that correlate the highest, and uh, and then it's just is, you know, whatever that price might be. So in some cases, it'll be a validation. You know, you'll have people that will type in um, ABC wine that's, uh, you know, say $20, and they'll see various wines that copycat you know, 98-plus percent, and they might be higher. And it's sort of, I mean, that, you know, you're, you're purchasing a wine that, that has the same, you know, chemical profile of some of those higher-priced wines, but then also it'll show those that are that are lower-priced. And uh, uh, so 
it, it, it provides both, but certainly what people are going to be, you know, really interested in is being able to, you know, find that wine that, um, that isn't, you know, a $50 wine. In a lot of cases, isn't a, a, a $20 wine. I mean, on a, you know, on a Tuesday night opening a bottle of wine, it's a, it's a small fraction of people that, that spend, you know, $20 on a bottle of wine. In fact, if you look at the, the data in terms of the industry, um, they categorize ultra premium as anything over $15. And that's the highest category that, uh, that the industry has. And so, um, you know, that group of people represents, you know, probably less than 5% of the consumers. So people really want to find value wines and that's what we want to help them be able to do is, you know, on a, on a, whatever night it might be, but certainly, you know, um, if you can find a wine that's, that's $10, that is the same, has the same chemistry composition of the wine from a taste and aroma standpoint that's 20 or $25, you know, that's extremely appealing to, uh, uh, to consumers. God, that's, it's just, I think it's just fascinating that the whole idea, it, it breaks up the, the, the idea that everything that you buy when you go to the grocery store has the ingredients on the label. But when you go to buy wine, there are no ingredients. Yeah, um, That's exactly right. So currently the only additive that's required on a wine label is, is sulfites. But, you know, as you know, during production, I think you mentioned it earlier, winemakers can use mega purple, which is basically a super great concentrate, or they can use Velcrin for uh, sterilizing. That's correct. To make a product yeah, and, better. And it's really interesting. You know, you look at uh, sulfites and, and, you know, if you Google uh, sulfites in wine, you'll find that the top. Google result is, is talks about myths about sulfites in wine. And literally the, the article is, is, uh, is completely incorrect. I mean, they talk about one of the myths being that, uh, uh, that red wines contain less sulfites than white wines. And so from the standpoint of contributing to the sort of red wine headache, um, you know, that could be a, a, a real misnomer. And they talk about how, you know, tannins being a stabilizing agent and, you know, the fact that it goes through malolactic fermentation, that that's going to, you know, that the wineries then put in less sulfur dioxide sulfites um, than, than white wines. And, and the, the real answer is, is that they're guessing because they don't have access to you know, a chemistry commercial lab that, that's tested, you know, nearly a thousand wines to date. And I can tell you that, um, you know, from the standpoint of sulfites in red wines, the range that we've tested is from 20 to nearly 550 parts per million in sulfites. Wow. And in white wines, it's from 15 to 300 parts per million in sulfites, um, with the average for whites being around 41 and the average for reds being around 235. And if you look at the legal maximum allowable in the United States, it's 350 parts per billion. And, you know, a lot of, of uh, people that are sort of experts in the taste arena, um, you know, they say that at about, and I think it's around, you know, 110 or 120, you can actually, some people can begin to taste sulfites. And again, we have, you know, a huge difference in the amount of sulfites put in. And again, it's, it's fascinating. You can, you know, go to the, the big Google machine, type in, you know, 
you know, wines and, you know, wines and sulfites and the number one article that pops up is completely providing information that's, that's, uh, that's incorrect to the, to the consumer. So what we want to be able to do is really, again, that demystify, provide the information, the transparency, um, you know, to wine consumers and soon to beer and spirits consumers so that they really understand, you know, what it is that's in their wine. And, uh, it's not all about, you know, everything is about averages and it's, it, uh, cause there's no information out there and everybody just assumes that a, a wine is a wine and, and, uh, and it goes to calories too. You know, I mean, people say that the average amount of calories in a glass of wine is 120. And I can tell you that based on, you know, our range of, of, uh, you know, of uh, calories for all wines, and this is based on a 6.4 ounce typical pour, is anywhere from 114 to 490 calories per serving. And uh, so, I mean, it's, you know, you you, people, if if they're like me, you know, you go into a wine store, previously, this is the way I would do it. And, you know, I'd look for, you know, I want a red wine at Say okay, maybe a Cabernet. I'd look at a cute little bottle, and, and uh, I want to spend about eleven bucks. And there you go. And I pull it off the shelf, and I have no idea what's in that wine, how much sulfites, how many calories, and uh, and so now you know with beverage grades, there's there's a resource to actually get this information. We'll have a phone app that's coming out uh, sometime in mid to late March, so that people literally, when they're at their point of sale, can be able to scroll through, find the wine that they want. You know, and and the thing is, is that there's we'll have thousands of wines on there, and so you know, there's certain wines that are good for you, and there's certain wines that aren't so good for you, and uh, you know, we just want to have the information out there so people could choose the right one. So there, there's a lot of. uh, I, I I don't know that that this issue about things being labeled or not labeled correctly and a lot of disinformation sort of out there in the public kind of goes across the spectrum with regard to food and beverage. Um, I mean, there's better labeling sort of on our food, but there's still a lot of things that get put in. There's a lot of things you read on the back of a package when you're looking at ingredients that, you know, you have no idea what it is. Um, you know, it's, it's oftentimes some, some chemical name or some product you've never heard of. Why did you guys pick some of that? This is a whole lead in for why did you guys choose wine first as opposed to going something with like energy drinks or beer or spirits as you guys are adding? So why wine? Why wine first? Is it- you know, we chose wine first uh, because of the fact that, like you mentioned, number one, there is no labeling. And number two is, is that it really goes, um, you know, to our experience. And, and when I say ours, it's sort of the uh, kind of the we of the royal we, which is, you know, the CEO of our company, Kevin Hicks, um, has um, owned and operated, uh, it, like I mentioned, the largest uh, wine and spirits distribution company that's private in the state of Colorado. And so, and he also has, you know, six, seven of his own brands that he actually produces. And so, you know, he goes out to um, specific wineries and he purchases their grapes. Uh, certainly, I can't tell you which ones those are. You sign a confidentiality agreement in doing that. Um, but then he packages the uh, the wines himself. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's really is, is Kevin Hicks that, you know, as he was watching them make, you know, the wine, he was asking different people, you know, they're just sort of 
dumping in chemicals. They're putting in what is that stuff that's mega purple? They're just dumping it in this, you know, vat of wine and they're doing all this. They're putting this in and they're adding sugar and juice concentrate. And he's like, who's watching this? And the answer was nobody. And so that was really, you know, where we decided that the first place that we wanted to go was wine is because, you know, Kevin, you know, and he's got all his brands. He's got a sommelier that uh, works for him. And uh, and so we had an access to, you know, a lot of 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 uh, resources to be able to, you know, draw from that. So, you know, we really, you know, with Kevin and and, uh, and his experience and, and some of the people that he works with allows us to be really experts in wine. And now we're, we're moving towards being experts on the science side. And, and that's really is our PhD in chemistry that runs our lab that allows us to be that. And that's why we chose wine first. Oh, excellent. Gotcha. So, Kevin, um, recently, the government, they made a decision, I think just a couple years ago, to allow producers to voluntarily uh, include nutritional information on their, on their labels. And lots of producers are concerned that voluntary will become mandatory. Where do you see the trend going? You know, we actually see the trend as, as, as uh, staying where it's at. You know, the, the Wine Institute is, is uh, very much against it. Um, and... The the reason, you know, and this has been going on since since around 2003, and it really started back in, in uh, you know, the whole low-carb kind of craze, and it's been the, the lobbyists for the, uh, the, the big spirits company that have been pushing for these mandatory um, uh, label requirements. And really what they want to be able to do on there is to, to be able to put um, – low carb, be able to put the amount of carbs, be able to put, uh, you know, the, the amount of, of calories, because if, if you compare, you know, take vodka, for example, you know, they're going to win in, in terms of comparisons to their beer counterparts and their wine counterparts, because, you know, their serving size, they're going to say is one and a half ounces, which, you know, Again, if you go to a, a, a bar, I'm not sure that's a typical serving size, um, but they'll be able to put on there that, you know, it's really low carb, it's really low calorie, but they don't have to include the fact that people are putting all sorts of fruit juices in with, uh, you know, and making their cocktails or anything like that. And so it's a real win for the spirits. Yeah. The wine, you know, makers don't want it. And, and from a beer standpoint, um, you know, they want it in terms of light beers so that they can put that in there. But across the board, they certainly don't want that. Craft beers will be one that, um, you know, they won't want that at all. Um, you know, we're going to start looking at those. And if you look at the percentage of alcohol that's in these craft beers, I mean, I think it's going to be a real eye-opener for people when they begin to, to see the, the amount of calories that are in their, their craft beers. And, uh, and that probably will be a real win for, for you know, you know, some of the, the bigger beer producers that, that do have a lot more of the light beers. Yeah, the light beer is yeah. a big deal these days. Uh, you know, I, that brings to mind, I just wonder if different, you know, so back to the sort of the different constituents. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's higher alcohol, it's got more calories in it, but it's a better beer and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to cope with it that way. Um, I think they're, you know, it depends on the consumer, right? Um, but I, I, you know... I think there's more of a, you know, a desire for people to have this information. I mean, it's certainly, we're certainly living in an area, an era where everything is getting quantified. So, you know, it's just the internet is sort of bringing this 
to us, you know, and yeah. it, it, I mean, the best example is Yelp, right? I mean, you know, sure. five, 10 years, well, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, 10 years ago, Yelp didn't exist. And now you go out to eat. It's almost, I mean, it's default for me. Yeah, me too. You know, if I go or getting my car worked on or, you know, hotel or, you know, I'd go to the internet to do research to find out what other people, what other people are saying about it from sort of that service aspect. If there was quantified data about the food that I eat, I definitely want to know that. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, this is a really compelling service you guys have developed, in my opinion. Um, and it also leads me to wonder, like, if you had any blowback from the from the industry, um, I could see certain producers not being very happy to to um, uh, you know not let let have their consumers know they're putting something in in the wine other than just pure grape juice and 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 um, you know, all the, you know, any other additives that are in there, you know, boosting sulfides or color with different additives. I would imagine, I'm, I'm just wondering if you guys have, you know, it's like stopped this or have been sued or anything, anything you talked about there? Yeah. So, um, we haven't really heard anything from the industry. Um, they've, they've really, uh, you know, kind of kept their heads down and, and, uh, you know, do we think that this, uh, information is, is something that, uh, that they want us to produce? Uh, absolutely not. You know, I, 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 we've done this before in, in, uh, in a company that, that now is taking the shape of what's called health grades. Um, originally, it was called Hospital Report Cards. Uh, Kevin Hicks uh, started that company in about 98. Funny enough, sold it to his twin brother, who then then took it uh, public as health grades. But, you know, back in, in, the, in those times, we were grading hospitals. And sort of like anything, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, grading your employees, um, uh, performance reviews, um, nobody likes to be graded. Um, and at the time, you know, with hospitals, hospitals didn't want to be graded. And uh, for about two, three years, literally every hospital that we went to just told us to uh, to sort of uh, take a hike that, uh, you know, if we support what you're doing, et cetera, then, uh, you know, that'll be a problem. Well, like you said, the, the internet took shape and, you know, 98 was really early in the internet, but then, you know, the, the consumers began to demand the information. They began to come to the website. They wanted the information. And lo and behold, if you go to most hospitals, um, you know, throughout the country, you're going to find banners all over the place that say five-star cardiovascular health centers, orthopedic health centers, and, you know, we think that the same is going to happen here with, with wine producers. The ones that get ahead of it are going to be the ones that can really make an impact because, you know, one, we're working with a, an ad firm and, and one of the people that we've, we've talked to sort of put it well, which he said, you know, the trend is your friend. And the trend is in this day and age, you know, the whole foods consumer, people wanting to know more about, you know, what they're putting in their bodies, um, you know, that's where things are heading. And, uh, you know, we're not trying to scare consumers. We're not trying to, to deceive anybody or do anything of that nature. What we want to do is, you know, is put the, the wines into our chemistry lab, provide the information to users, and how they want to use that information is completely up to them. You know, a lot of users will be fine with, you know, having high-calorie wines, but maybe they want, you know, less amount of heavy metals a lot of consumers, you know, uh, are, are interested in, in wines that, um, you know, 
could potentially, you know, uh, you know, give them, you know, sort of less headaches, um, you know, and on down the line. And, and we just want to be the ones to provide the information and allow them to make the choices that uh, are best for them. That's fantastic. Um, I, I contend with Bill that people are going to be scared on both sides probably. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think so. I, I, it's just, you know, so I, I, it's not going to, for pers- personally for me, like it's not probably going to curtail my consumption, but I'll make more informed choices based on having the data. Um, you know, like in the case of beer, I drink craft beers. I know they're heavy in calories. They have to be based on them, on the percentage of alcohol. And I, I do, I do actually look at the alcohol percentages. It's just sort of, in, you know, just basic that, you know, the higher alcohol is probably more calories in there. doesn't really contail my consumption. And it, 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 what would, what would make me, change my consumption patterns though is to find out that there's additives in the beverage I'm drinking that I don't want to consume like increased heavy metals over sulfide, you know, uh, heavy increases in sulfides, you know, things that are, that I know over time are going to be really bad. So yeah, I think that, that what's the, uh, the trend is your friend is a great statement to make by your, by your ad agency guy, because that, I just think that, you know, the, the pattern's clear that the more information you can provide people, the better. The other thing I think that, that I would personally say is that I think you guys are doing a good job presenting the information. So the information's accessible and it's not, it's not sort of like, hey, if you drink this, you will die tomorrow. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, poison. Right. You're not like, this is poison. To be you know? sort of the grim reaper. And, and, yeah. and I always tell people that it is a little bit like Yelp. I mean, you know, and this, this is a little bit, you know, um, the, the wine industry, you know, if, if, you know, they're nervous about it or whatever, you know, people that, that are searching for, you know, different properties, whether it be calories or sulfites or metals or whatever. I mean, they're looking for the information and they're not trying to find out what's the worst wine for me. They're not going and finding what are the one stars They're going and finding what are the five stars. And the thing about it is, is that, you know, there are a lot of take, take wines, for example, you know, there's so many wine brands that are out there for people to choose from and people want to try different wines. And so, you know, it could very well be whether it's for copycat or you're looking, you know, and browsing through our database that you say, you know what, I like all four of those wines. And it just happens to be that these two wines are much more healthy than these two wines. So, you know what, these are the two wines that I'm going to, um, going to choose. And, and, uh, and that's really good for the consumer. And, uh, so we're, we're, we're excited to, uh, to sort of have, be in this, you know, real sort of innovative space. And, uh, and we're getting a lot of great feedback from consumers. And, you know, we think that at some point in time we'll get, uh, you know, a lot of, of interest from, you know, the, the wine industry. And, and uh, kind of like Health Grades and J.D. Powers will begin to be the sort of J.D. Powers of, uh, you know, for wines, beers, and spirits so that they can, you know, put on their label that they're, you know, a five-star healthy choice. So that, that actually makes me think, do you guys do custom analysis at all? So, like, if I'm a... Let's just say I'm a high-end um, collector of wines. Um, do you guys and I wanted, you know, I wanted an analysis of a particular wine that I've collected. Do you guys do that? What can I pay you guys to do that? Or is that you know, at this point, we we wouldn't do it with a uh, a consumer. 
Um, you know, we've talked about it. Um, but what we would do is is um, is work with with the industry. And there's a, a very large winery um, in the state of Washington that's very interested in uh, in what we're doing. And they come from the side of the industry that uh, you know has, has has shown some positives towards us. And and they've contacted us and. Their head of of, uh, of chemistry uh, is going to come out and visit us in Denver, and they want to see the things that we're doing. And their goal is to produce a higher quality product for their consumers, and so they're literally embracing what it is that we're doing. Hey, say, so Kevin, I'm uh, I'm looking at your uh, your February third blog where you're talking about um, lead and wine. And I yes. I was fascinated to learn the differences between the lead contents on the, on the different continents, you know, American wine versus wines from Europe, South Africa, and Australia. What type of additives does beverage grades test for? And what are some of the typical ones that consumers would be surprised to know that are in their wines? So we test for, uh, you know, like I mentioned, sulfites. You know, lead and arsenic is, is certainly an interesting one to consumers. Um, I'll tell you that we test for mercury as well, and there's there's uh, virtually no problems with mercury, so uh, you can you know kind of put that one aside. Um, you know, obviously sulfites, sugar. Um, we test for um, histamines. There, there's other there's there's a, a group of compounds that are called vasoconstrictors, which are you know potential. Um, headache inducers, and uh, that would be your tyramine, and it's a compound that I can't pronounce, but it's on our website um, that you can look at. Um, you know, we look at, um, at and there's another uh, within our healthy pore section. You'll see because um, we look at fructose, glucose, and, and sucrose. Um, and an interesting thing that um, uh, consumers of wine would would uh, want to know is, you know, we found a a statistical correlation um, between the fact that if you, when, when we tested juice concentrate, which is a varietal based, uh, you know, juice concentrates that, that are put into to, to various wines, we tested several of them. And if you look at the ratio of, of fructose to glucose in a wine, it's roughly one in 10 fructose to glucose. In juice concentrate, it's roughly 10 to 1. And so we can't exactly pick out which wines have juice concentrate, but you can certainly look at the wines and those that that have a high fructose to glucose ratio, you know, are more likely to have juice concentrate in their wines. Um, And the same is true you know, when you look at uh, at some of these other compounds like like mega purple and mega red, those type of markers we look for, um, and we try to, to to put out to our uh, uh, to our consumers. Um, but again, it, it shows that you know a lot of these different additives that that are in there. Um, there's there's just a, an assortment of compounds that that people have no idea that they're drinking when they pick up a bottle of wine. Yeah, just focusing on that mega purple, just so for for our listeners, it's typically and correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but it's typically used to uh, enrich in the color, i.e., make it darker, and also to um, it changes the the feel of the wine in your mouth. Actually, so um, people, 
Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, that's exactly right. Uh, I mean, it almost looks like a uh, like you put on pancakes, like a syrup. I mean, it's, uh, so, and, and it also comes in a, a another style, which is uh, uh, more for color. But um, but yeah, it's either they want their their wine to be a hot, you know, more red, or they'd like to be thicker. And so, depending on that, they put in, you know, keep putting in the right amount or more and more and more until finally they look at it and they say, okay, now it looks like a, a more full-bodied red wine and sort of done, you know? Yeah, and, and this goes back to the perception that a lot of people have, and this goes back from, from decades on, that the darker the wine is, the higher quality it is, the more flavor it has, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's something that we're working to, to let people know that that's really not the case. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, it could be the case. I mean, but it could, you know, in fact, it could not be the case because, yeah, they look at their wine and they're like, uh oh, you know, it's uh, it's it's too, it doesn't have enough body, it's not red enough. So, you know, let's put in a whole bunch of uh, of some of these compounds in there, and uh, and there you go. Now we can go ahead and put a label on it and feel good about our wine. Exactly. Well, I've always uh, contended that wine is food, and I think Bill feels the same way. No, it doesn't. And um, the perception that, that consumers pay little attention to wine's added ingredients, but we're so hyper-vigilant about ingredients added to our food. Why, why the disconnect? You know, that's a, I think that's a great question. Um, and I think that consumers, as they begin to learn more about this, are going to begin to ask more questions and, uh, and hopefully, you know, look to, to beverage grades as a resource. But um, I'm absolutely 100% with you that, I mean, there's a reason that Whole Foods is, is ragingly successful. Um, you know, consumers are interested in what is what they're putting in, in their bodies. And, uh, and like you said, you know, wine is a food. Um, and and the, the top, you know, the top three um, quote-unquote wineries um, represent, you know, about 50% of the market, one of which doesn't own a single great i mean that's just a building that's in uh in california yeah. and they they buy the bulk juice and uh you know there's there's a lot of uh you know of of wines that that you know they they can only sell so much of it and it's it's an industrial wine really and uh they can only so sell so much of it as a brand and so you know this is where copycat's going to come in really really handy is is that um you know it's almost like okay that's enough you know, for that particular brand, now let's go ahead and put it in a different bottle and we'll, we'll, we'll turn the faucet back on, if you will, and, and out comes more, you know, wine and uh, slap another label on that one. And, uh, you know, because it's just like food. I mean, if you're trying to, to sell millions and millions and millions of cases of, of wine, you know, um, you have to do it on an industrial scale. And, 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 uh, um, and that's what we're trying to you know, help consumers with is to understand in doing it this way, you know, what wines are similar for copycat and what's in their wine as, as far as, as health ratings. Well, shoot, man, we've covered a lot of topics here. Is there anything else, uh, anything else you want to bring up, Bill? I'm, I, you know, no, I don't. I think this is, uh, it's been good information and, uh, really compelling a really compelling drive. I'll be really curious to see how the industry reacts, um, you know, to the testing you're doing. I mean, I will certainly be a consumer of the data. Um, 
I, I know my family will be in general. Um, and well, it'll be fun now when we have a glass of a uh, glass of wine and have a headache the next day to go look up the information. <laughs> um, and so, and do you remember that one of those compounds in there that we test for is also alcohol? So that it, well, yeah, there's the overconsumption <laughs> issue. But that's a, you know, that's just you know, if you haven't figured that out by the time you're my age, you're in some serious trouble. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but that you know, that's a separate topic of conversation. Well, Kevin, is there anything else you'd want to share with with our uh, with our listeners? I don't think so, but uh, I really appreciate Bill Al you taking the time on, on a Sunday and uh, to talk about you know our product that we feel you know we've spent so much time and you know again over a year and and, uh, uh, and we're very proud of so it it uh, you know means a lot that uh, you guys took you know an hour of your time to to uh, to interview me so thank you very much yeah we thank appreciate you. it I got one more question for you. I see by your Twitter Twitter handle that you're a wine enthusiast. What's open in your kitchen, Kevin? You know what? I've, last night I had a, a Cote de Rhone, and I I can't remember what the the name of the label is, but uh, I I love reds. Did you send it That's to the lab thing. before you tried it? Yeah, exactly. You know what? I have not yet. It, <laughs> uh, it's it actually happens to to not be in in uh, the IRI database that we have, okay. or at least it's not far enough down the line. So I have not tested that wine yet. All right. Well, we appreciate your time. Um, like I said, I've learned a lot from this and uh, it's definitely opened up my eyes to s- some things that I kind of knew about, but I wasn't paying attention to. Yeah. And I, this is like new information for me. I had no idea about this stuff. So it's really informative personally. Super. Well, I appreciate it. All right, Kevin. Well, thanks so much for your time and we will, uh, we'll look forward to talking to you in the future. Great. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Al.